Hey, what's up, my people? Hope all is well, wherever you may be. Welcome to today's episode, which is brought to you by... Only kidding, we don't have sponsors, but we do have social media. And it's kickback underscore Nadem on Instagram and on Twitter. So be sure to give us a follow, and why not subscribe to the show, since you're feeling so generous. We appreciate every single one of you. But now back to the show. We have a very special guest with us today. I've been watching a play from when phones didn't have cameras. She's made the most appearances in the WSL's history and is getting ever closer to 150 England caps. Ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy my conversation with the living legend that is Man City's Jill Scott, MBE. You alright? Yeah, I'm all good, yeah. I'm all good. You ready yeah. to go? Yeah, let's go. Let's right. do it. So Jill, let me begin by saying I wanted to call you old. But I was devastated when I found out I was actually three months older. So, oh. yeah. So I've kind of got to dial back some of my criticism. And you're very, very fortunate. Because <laughs> I was going to dish them out, to be honest with you. I really, really was. But I can't because, I, as I say, um, those three months make a big difference. I think when people first start talking, they're like, you see uh, your experience. And then as the conversation goes on, they start being old. So thanks for yeah. that. <laughs> That's no problem. Right, so are you up for sharing some of your um, some of your life story, career story with uh, with myself and the listeners? Yeah, that's fine, of course. All right, let's do this then. So first things first, as I can hear in your voice, and as I saw online, you are from Sunderland, are you not? Yes, I am correct. Okay, so now that you're a lot more well travelled, what was it actually like growing up in Sunderland? I loved growing up in Sunderland. I love going back there now. Um, I think the passion for football. I think everywhere you go, anybody that doesn't support a football team or, or play football. So, yeah, it was good. A lot of back lanes, playing football, annoying the neighbours, knocking on country, asking for your ball back. I don't know if that's because I had a bad first touch. Um, but, yeah, it was just football, <laughs> football every single day. So you were saying Sunderland's a great place for football. Yeah. Um, so the question I need to ask you right now is, are you a Sunderland fan? Yeah, I am a Sunderland fan. Still, to this day, you're still a Sunderland fan. <laughs> yeah, there is a few of us out there, you know. Really, really. <laughs> well, I think it's fair to say that things have kind of changed a little bit over the years. Would you say? Yeah, I think so. I had um, a season ticket when I was younger uh-huh. with um, my granddad. We used to go to all the games, and it was the days of Kevin Phillips. Oh yeah, good times. And I probably couldn't name as many players now, if I'm being honest. <laughs> so, did you support the team in... I'm a bit of back there. I did... think he's a great professionalism. Did you support the team in, say, 2010, by any chance? 2010. 2010, yeah, 2011. Don't, don't quiz us on it. Okay, cool. Well, it was a year when I think the team finished ninth or 10th or something in the Premiership. Seems like a million million years ago. Do you remember? Do you remember that? Yeah, go on then. Ten well, years I, ago, yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to know, you know, because I was playing for them at that point. So I just wanted to know if, like, I've got a fan on the on the show today, or if you're just a plastic <laughs> fan who's not really there for all the time. It's like, what's going on? You know, when when Emma actually messaged us, I was like, I wonder if he played for Sunderland. Yes, I did actually. I did actually think that. Yeah. Did you Did you get my shirt or not? Did you Did you buy one? Did you buy two? Um, Home and away, third kit as well. I don't well. think I had a shirt. I I don't think I had a shirt at that time, but I would have definitely picked you. Ah, oh, there we go with the lies. That's the first lie on the show. <laughs> two minutes in, respect it. 
Respect what position? Lot. What position were you playing? I was, was actually it, playing right back. At the bar? I was playing right back. Yeah. Yeah. You don't and remember. You were fast. Don't say yeah. Don't say do. yeah though. You don't remember. Which is funny. I do. Which I is do. funny. Which is funny because as we'll see throughout the show, around that sort of time, I probably knew you more as a player than you knew about me. Even though I was playing for your team, but you weren't playing for mine. How about that? <laughs> no, I remember you. You were fast on uh, that. I guessed in there at the back. So yeah, you, you guessed. Yeah, you guessed. You guessed. Okay. Good. <laughs> right. So, so while you were in Sunderland, and you were growing up, was the ambition to try and become a professional footballer or not? Um, I don't think it really existed for women's football at the time, but I just always wanted to play football. And I think when I look back, um, I'm very grateful to my mum for letting us do it because I said, I want to be a professional footballer. And she probably thought, well, it doesn't even exist for women. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I still live kind of just to the next day now. So I think that attitude's always stayed with us. And obviously I'm very fortunate to have gone on and, played professional football mm-hmm. so this is a question now which will make sense to people in england but to any of my american audience i apologize but considering you're bigger than christmas <laughs> did people never try and say that you should play netball <laughs> I, d- I did play netball i played um center because i could run around a no, lot you didn't play center i did you did play i center. promise you no no no, I no, did, no. I did. that's you're 100 goal attack goal shooting you're not a center no, no way. i'm not accurate no enough way. with my shooting but um i always used to get done for being too physical because it's a non-contact uh, sport so there you go yeah that's my type <laughs> of player so now let's talk about your career a little bit yeah so you've played for three big clubs with three huge rivalries so that to me makes me feel like you just enjoy being hated by maybe half a city is that right (laughs) I always look forward to them derby games Um, Everton v Liverpool Man City versus Man United obviously it's great now that we do have that derby game because United didn't have a team for so long but you know yourself it's great to play in them derby games yeah like I think that's something which we kind of miss over here in the United States, like a real significant deep derby. But like I say, you, so you so you basically enjoy hate then. That's what I'm going to take from that. <laughs> to pick those three clubs, you must enjoy I hate. I think you have to you have to get used with to people not liking you, don't you? I think I think that's just football. Um, I'd like to think when it comes to off the pitch, I'm probably liked a little bit more, hopefully. <laughs> okay, okay, that's positive then. So what was the league like actually when you were first coming, when you were first playing for Sunderland? Like, how many full-time teams were there or were there none at all? No, I don't think there was any. So, when I played for Sunderland, it was a time when Arsenal were dominating the league. So, we used to travel there. And if it was, um, if you could keep the score at 7-0, then you knew <laughs> you'd done well, to be honest. Because <laughs> they had, I think maybe they were semi-pro then, I would say. So, it was a okay. lot of travelling a long way getting absolutely battered, travelling back. But I think it, it provided us with a strong mindset. Um, and obviously mm. now I'm glad that I'm not on, on them, the end of them score lines. Yeah, for sure. You're dishing them out now. <laughs> but I have to admit, though, I, I I feel kind of embarrassed saying this, but I was very much a women's football glory seeker because Arsenal were my team. Oh, were like they? To, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. I'm I'll sorry, give sorry. you that. Who was your favourite player? So because we were both of Umbro at the same time, there was Rachel Yankee, but then obviously yeah. the best player was probably Kelly Smith. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, but I, well. yeah, I think yeah, 
Uh, Rachel Yankee, though, such a legend. I still keep in touch with her now, and she had the best left foot in the game. So yeah, I'll give you that for one. sure, for sure. And then even to this day mm-hmm. now, like I, I think she's still doing it, where she does the uh, the kids coaching thing on BBC. Is she still doing that? Yeah, she still does it. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's class. I love that legend. So you know, with all due respect, then, given the fact that when you were first playing, most teams weren't full time and stuff, and also I think. As far as TVs go, I imagine most of your highlights are on like VHS, yeah? Is that about right? <laughs> yeah, I think my grandma's got all them tapes, to be honest with you. <laughs> as soon as I go to my grandma's house, she's like, she will watch videos of you playing football. Oh, man. And I'm like, no, grandma, this is my day off. Yeah. I do not want to watch videos of playing football, but it's cute. Yeah, it's cute. It's amazing how much like the game and just the world has changed in that time as well, because it feels like, I talk about it like it's 30, 40 years ago. You know what I mean? It's literally, was yeah. it 12 years ago when all that was first happening? Yeah, and I think, as you say, the game has changed so much now. Um, obviously, how many games are on, on TV now um, in terms of the women's games, the audiences that they're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty incredible, really. So when you first began anyway, so before you sorry, before you made your first game, you wanted to be professional, and then you were playing for Sunderland. Like, What were your actual ambitions from the moment you actually got into a groove when you were playing as a... As a profession, basically. What were your ambitions? Ambitions. Well, I think when I left Everton and joined Manchester City, that was the first chance I had to train full-time. I I was training full-time, but a lot of it was on my own. Shuttle runs, which I'm sure you didn't love as much as I didn't. No, thank you. Um, But it was a lot of doing sessions on your own. So when I went to City, uh, it was a lot more technical work, which was what I needed. And then I just had the ambitions that I wanted to add trophies, I suppose, to my career because I knew I wasn't getting any younger, really. Uh-huh. So I'm glad I've been able to do that. And what do you think has made you so successful across all those years? Because you have been playing a long time. Mm, yeah, I have. I, I think it's a mindset, to be honest. Um, I think I've I have improved technically because of the training and and physically, but I definitely think the mindset side of just always being determined. I I always want to go to bed on a night and think I've done my very best to be better than I was yesterday so I, I do have that mindset and I think once it's all over I just want to have no regrets so yeah I think that's what drives okay. us really okay so as as we've spoken about it's fair to say the league has grown a lot over the years but what do you think has really helped that be the case with the WSL WSL and yeah. to be fair maybe just a bigger picture like just women's sport in general yeah, I think with um, women's football, the, the clubs have invested a lot more. Um, I feel very lucky to be at City um, and we do get uh, treated very equal um, in terms of everything, really. The the training, um, the facilities that we have, the, the help that we get. So I think, yeah, definitely clubs investing and believing in the game has definitely helped us. And then I think because of them doing that, it's had a knock-on effect to the standard of women's football and then more people want to watch and I think it then just obviously makes it better and better. But but why did they choose to invest? Was it based on like national team success? Is it club success? Is there personalities within it? Like, what's the reason? Yeah, probably national team success. I would say because I remember two thousand and seven, we reached the quarter final of the World Cup with England, and that was classed as overachieving. And maybe people were like, mm, "That's they could they could do this if they got a little bit more help." Because at that time, people were still working part time and training mm-hmm. part-time and would gone out to a World Cup and obviously reached a quarter-final. So I think that made people think, mm, wait a minute, maybe with a little bit more help we can progress someone even more. And you've seen us reach semi-finals of World Cups, uh, bronze medal in 2015. But 
now we just need that last push really yeah and you know from that as well to this moment so i've had a lot of uh sorry i've had a few women footballers over for on the show from the nwsl yeah and one thing which i find is that when you look at the analytics of it like their fans they like they love to hear from the players you yeah. know what i mean like for the I feel like at times for the men, they just want to see skills and controversy. But for the women, yeah. there's such a big interest in push in trying to figure out who they are as people. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And so that, like, I, like I, I love that because, you know, at the end of the day, that's who we are. We are people. Like, we have our jobs, but we are people. Yeah. And it'll probably be the same with this show. And, you know, I, I love it. Yeah. I love it. And I think that in some ways, in some ways, you could maybe argue maybe it's the personalities as well that have helped continue the conversation in terms of trying to grow the game as well because the product is obviously what it is yeah but when you like somebody or you like a team like it, it that fondness is definitely something to uh that can help a league thrive i believe yeah i think with uh, male footballers it's difficult isn't it to get that contacts after a game and stuff like that because there's i think we get a lot of interaction with our fans and you do feel that pressure as a role model that we have to keep growing the sport whereas with men's football it's kind of already got that support and that growth so um, yeah, I, th- I do think the women's players do well in that sense to always be pushing to do different things, showing different sides of the personality. Because some people have incredible stories, really. I remember Nadia Nadine being at our club and her story was fantastic. And I think she can speak nine languages. Wow, okay. <laughs> um, so it just, just showed like how good she was off the pitch as well. Yeah, that's incredible. So is it true that you write a column? Yeah, it was... Um, I've done, I've done a few over the years, but oh, I'm not going to go. try and take yeah, but I'm, I'm not going to try and take the credit for sitting there and actually writing a column. It's more they ring us up, interviewers, and then they kind of write the column for us. So I'm not going to lie. But why do you think they chose you? Why did they choose you? Um, I don't know. Actually, it's a it's a good question. I, I did one with um, Peter Crouch, which was really good. Obviously, because of our height, I used to get called <laughs> Crouchy over the years. Um, but I'm a big yeah. I'm a big fan of his. I think he never really got the credit he deserved. His goal scoring for England, yeah, um, and mm-hmm. actually for being such a tall player, his first touch and everything was very good. It's, it's clean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, very, very. so what type of stuff do you usually uh, write about in your columns, anyway? It's usually just what's going on at the time. Um, so maybe if they think refereeing has to be a little bit better, can you have a little bit of an insight into <laughs> how that's got to be from a yeah. player? It could be something that's happened yeah. in the men's game, um, having an opinion on that. But I suppose when you finish playing, maybe you can have a, a, a bigger opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you've done there. I know exactly what you've done there. Yeah. And, I, and I love it. So since you've been around through all the sort of stages of growth in terms of uh, women's sport, women's football in the UK especially, like, do you actually see yourself as an inspiration? No, I don't. Th- I still feel feel a bit weird now. You know, when um, after a game, if people want like photographs and autographs, it still feels a bit weird because I feel like I'm just seven year old Jill, but I'm playing football, but I've just got older. Um, so it is, it is a bit of a weird <laughs> feeling. Like, yeah, I fake it, and I'm like, yeah, let's get a picture and let's sign this. But I don't see myself as an inspiration. But um, I'm sure once I finish playing, if I can, I I like how you can help people because of your position so I do a couple of ambassador roles and just help fundraising and stuff like that and it's good how you can use uh, being a footballer to help people I think 
I love how you're trying to be humble, knowing full well you're an inspiration to the generation that came, came after you. You know that. You well, know thanks. it's the score. I'll, I'll let you say that. I'll let you. Say okay, that. cool. So you won't correct me if I say you're an inspiration. Yeah, is that right? <laughs> yeah, I'll just let you say it. <laughs> ah, okay, All right, I respect that. So then, how about at the start of your career? Who were the people who you kind of looked up to in women's football, or was, was there no one at all? I have this conversation and say it was usually male players. So it was obviously you in 2010 at Sunderland. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> fact. That's it. But before Nothing more that, needs to be said. Before that, you'll remember um, David Beckham, obviously. And oh, yeah. I just loved him. I had his posters all over my wall. And I've actually on, got a story on, that. Hold on, hold on. You had his posters up on your wall in terms of him like yeah. taking free kicks or just standing there in a suit looking good? Yeah, uh, obviously taking free kicks and, you know, ah, okay, picking cool, up on yeah. his technique and stuff yes. like that. Yes, yes, that's the one. That's the one. The way he like well, pronates his, his, his ankle and stuff, like it's special, huh? It's gift. Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't him. It was just like his positioning of his uh, feet and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I, feel, I hear that all in, the time. Um, I, I wonder what year this was, actually. I have to check it out, but... England played Turkey um, yeah. at the Stadium of Light. And obviously, so I got tickets for the game. Um, and I remember I, I stayed out there and I got them to sign a poster. I took a specific poster along with us. And I was late home. And I think my mum grounded us for about two weeks because she thought there was going to be trouble that night. So she was like, Jill, I'll let you go, but you've got to get back. Um, but I didn't care because I had this autograph. So, yeah, yeah. I think he's, he's always been my role model but I like how he is off the pitch as well like the amount of people that must pester him for photos and he just seems such a nice guy Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what's a bit of a killer though so you watched him play I've watched him play but where I'm at now looking around and I'm seeing people who were born after the year 2000 like when they think of Beckham they think of like non-footballing Beckham yeah, and it's, yeah, uh, and it's it's weird. It's weird. They're like, oh, what, what was he good at? I'm like, oh my god, everything. Yeah, like, that was David Beckham, but they just don't. Ah. You know, His the one cross that used field to... passes were oh, just incredible. Gosh. Could you have I... done that from um, right back to? Absolutely not. Left no, wing. don't be ridiculous. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> I don't want, and also I don't want to like bite his style. You know, sometimes <laughs> you just have to be original. So I just did what I did, which was essentially just kicking people and being fast. Who was but... playing left wing then for Sunderland? If you were right back. Okay, so that Sunderland team, uh, I think at times it was Steed Malbronk. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I remember. Up front, there was Asamoah Jan, Darren Bent, and sometimes Danny Welbeck was on the left as well, actually. But we had Katamon, Lee Katamon midfield, and Jordan yeah. Henderson was playing right right midfield. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So did yeah. he do your running, yeah? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, well, yeah, but no, 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 no. Basically, what happened was he, he did all of my running, did everyone's running. But, you know, I gave him the platform to, for him to be able to win the league this year. So if he wasn't for that year with him being with me, then it doesn't, you know, it doesn't quite pan out the same way. You yeah, see that? I get that. It, the information that you were listen, probably giving him from, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I was like, Jordan, listen, everything's great here, but one day I see you in the future captain of Liverpool Football Club to win a Premier League title, which they hadn't won before at any point. Did you know? You see, that's the thing. And he's like, oh, what are you talking about? And look, here we yeah. are. You know so what? All... I actually, I love John Henderson probably because Same. like my style of play is to work hard. And I think his work rate and to see how he's developed and come through the ranks. And I don't think he gets the praise he deserves, like to have lifted a Champions League, a Premier League. Um, and I think so... it's great that he's obviously Sunderland born as well. And so you're preaching to the choir. Like, I, I love that guy. Love playing with him. And he gets... 
and I think he does get praise, but the thing that's more alarming is how much criticism he gets as well. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean. Like some of it, there's literally no reason for it, no reason yeah. whatsoever. But you take him out the team, and I think you realise he's not playing. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. So, talking about age and things back in the day and stuff like this, here's a little link between myself and yourself. Okay. So, did you know I used to be the ball boy for your coach at City? Now, okay. did you know that? Did you? Who? Yeah, I did you? Uh, this was Gareth Taylor when he was at City. I think it's two, like '98 to like 2001 or something. I used to ball boy for him. Oh wow! Okay. Back at Main Road, yeah. <laughs> and, and now there's our link. So you've been at the club since 2013. So that's seven years. So basically, yeah. you're an honorary Mancunian now. Are you <laughs> going to take that or not? No, I don't think so. To be honest. Wow. No, wow. Obviously, I love the people of Manchester, um, and they have been go. very welcoming. With this accent, I don't think I can get away from being northeast. No, you could change it. You could just give it up. You can give up your accent with your citizenship to the to just being in Sunderland and just be just be a man because I know you want to. I know you prefer it. I know I it's been the favourite place you've been. Enter Sunderland ever again if I did that. You, you wouldn't need to. It's fine. Just stay in Manchester. It's no problem. They can come to you. Oh, I miss right. home though. I miss home. Yeah, I know. I know. So. <laughs> The big question again is, are you a City fan now or are you still a Sunderland fan? Be honest. So I am still a Sunderland fan because yeah. obviously that's where my roots are. Um, but you can, obviously you can uplift I... those roots and go somewhere else. Let's not worry about that, yeah. I know, but I'm loyal. I'm loyal. Ah, loyalty gets you nothing in this game. Seriously, I know, that, is, that is true. No, I agree with you. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm just loyal, I think. I do follow obviously City and I like to watch them when like the academy players have came through and are playing like Phil Ford and then stuff like yeah. that. I, I love to watch them when, when he's playing just to, I think it's great. We've seen him from the age of 13, 14 and now playing in a Champions League game against Real Madrid. I just, oh, I think that's just amazing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I never thought to see those days, but yeah, still yeah. here they are. Um, so what's the setup like there now compared to say those first few years when you were at Sunderland? Like how different really is it? Oh, completely different. Um, if I go back to Sunderland days, we used to have to wait for the the men to give up their kit, and we used to have their their handy downs. I think I always remember right. there was a there was a physio called Jockey Scott back in the day, and so he obviously had the initials GS, and I used to get all his kit so that it looked like I had my same initials. <laughs> um, but it was always like large men's, and I was probably like a small I don't know child's at the time. But um, yeah, just the everything really. Like I, I love my days at Sunderland, but compared to what we have now, it's just an absolute different world. Um, I was talking about pre-season the other day actually, and used to have to do runs on South Shield Beach, um, over the sand dunes and the stairs yeah. at Marsden, and now it's just all with the football. So I'm actually still still okay at, at pre-season, and I thank my Sunderland days for that. To be honest, yeah. For sure. I think uh, when the Sunderland pre-seasons that I heard of were also very, very difficult. I think managers kind of feel inspired by the fact there's a beach just to the side. Yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> Never sang for a club where there's a beach. Oh, sign. no, that's I'm bad news. It seems like there. a good idea, but trust me, it's bad news. Yeah, very bad and, news. The, and then they're like, oh, we've heard ice baths are good, just get in the sea. Like, yeah, same it's thing. Not the same. Yeah, it's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. So with all, in all seriousness, though, like, well, no, this isn't a serious question, but will I get an invite to your testimonial? Because I know you're going to get one. Oh, how many more years is that? Three. I've yeah. only signed a two-year deal, so I might be one short. 
you could make special you could make a special claim we could do yeah. we could do a nine-year testimonial surely but will yeah. i get an invite yeah of course you can do that oh, that's excellent that. that's something i'll actually stay fit for because okay. I'll run that. i had no motivation but i'll just for that game i'll be ready for that <laughs> i'll be ready for that 100 percent. so for the club itself now um like you kind of alluded to it before but what are the goals and sort of expectations from when you are a player at that team now yeah, there's a, a lot of pressure on us as individuals. I think the, the club's invested so heavily in us, especially this season. We're going to have our biggest squad to date. Um, and with that comes the pressures of winning trophies. But I think when you play for a club like Manchester City, you have to expect that. And we all have personal ambitions. Um, so, yeah, to get as many trophies on the table as possible, I think that'll that'll be the pressures that we'll get of playing for City. Okay, and it must help that you've recently signed two players from the NWSL. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm. That's what I mean about our squad being so big. And I think in the past, and this is no disrespect to anyone, but uh, we probably haven't had really strong benches. Whereas I think you look at teams now that compete at Champions League, and I think we worked out if we stay in most competitions this season, we could be playing over fifty games. So okay. to do that on a small squad um, is pretty much impossible. And that's probably where we've just fell short over the years that probably knackered by the time some of the games come <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. So I'm going to mention them, even though they're probably your like, bitterest rivals in the international scene. But it's, So you've signed Sam Lewis and Rose Lavelle, yeah? That's correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. T- two World Cup winners. Like, oh, being uh, a Brit, you know, seeing them play on the national stage against England or whatever, I'm like, oh, come on, England, you can do it, blah, blah, blah. But now that they're playing for my team, like, I'm kind of happy now because I think they're they're good players and it seemed like the type that will make a big difference to your your quest to try and just win everything. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, we've played against um, both of them. Um, World Cup semi-final, which I don't like to talk about, but yeah, we have experiences of playing against them and when you have such a difficult game like that, then you won't be better than you were before. So I think having that competition around you, it pushes you on, doesn't it? And makes you a better player, which is good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So do you ever watch the NWSL? I have watched a few games, yeah. Um, But obviously the time difference, you know what, I'm not going to lie to you, I really like my sleep. (laughs) 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 There's two things that make us angry and one is lack of sleep and the other hungry right so. okay all right okay I, 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 i'm I like you. a baby really i respect that i respect that <laughs> how what's the feel about that league in say back in the uk like do people speak of it fondly or whatever because like me being over here and we have a team in the basically sharing the same stadium like i, I didn't know much about it before i came here yeah but i do enjoy it but like how as i say how is it perceived outside of these shores yeah it's um it's got a very good reputation i think um the physical levels the players that are attracted to go and play there. Obviously, the American internationals, I think you're always going to have a good standard of football. So, yeah, I only ever hear it being spoke about in a great way. And we have uh, Jodie Taylor who's over there, Rachel Daly from the national team. And Rachel Daly stayed out there for a while now, which I think goes to show how much she enjoys it and how good the standard is. 
Yeah, I saw her win the uh, NWSL Challenger Challenge Cup as well. I saw that happen. Fair play to yeah. her. Yeah, she, she, really she had the best month of her life. She was <laughs> like, she won that, and then she got. I think she got Golden Boot Player yes. of the Tournament, and then she's actually a Leeds fan, and they got uh, promoted, didn't no, they? So no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. Do you if know Carlsberg everything? Did weeks. Listen, her yeah, her stock was rising so <laughs> high until you said the Leeds fan thing, and after that, I'm like, no, no, not for me, not for me. <laughs> You know, one one grievance I kind of have with the league over here, which is probably different to back home, is I feel like there's a bit of a disconnect between, say, the national team and the club scene because people always turn out for the national games for the women over here. But yeah. sometimes for the club games, you don't really get that same type of attention and people probably won't watch many games as well if those national team players don't play. Yeah, you know? yeah, and that's yeah. Not, yeah. That's not something that I'm used to seeing, to be honest. So seeing it here, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was weird. But is, is yeah. the same sort of thing happening in the UK or is it just something no, that's probably a bigger deal I, over here? I do find that a bit mad. Obviously, I don't know the logistics around everything. But when the national team are away, your season still runs, which I think is a bit yeah. crazy as well. Because um, yeah. then if you're obviously trying to build a team for a league, you, it would be hard to think, well, we're going to lose these players here and you just expect yeah. to always have a full squad. So I think for us, um, obviously, whenever you can play for club um, as much as possible, you, you're always available for every game, really. Um, I remember mm. getting back from the World Cup in 2015 and yeah. we'd been away for, say, eight, nine weeks. It was very gruelling, played seven games in such a short space of time. And four days later, when we landed from Canada, we were playing for our clubs. But that was because we knew we had a responsibility to keep that interest going. So yeah. um, you might have just lost that interest, whereas people wanted to see them national team players playing for the club. Yeah. So I, I do think, I, I don't think it's the players' fault, I'm sure they would want to play in every single game, but I don't know, maybe scheduling and stuff like that could maybe be looked yeah. at. Maybe, maybe. Um, so mm -hmm. let's uh, let's get to the elephant in the room, yeah. So yeah, how do you how does it feel when you have to introduce yourself as Jill Scott MBE? <laughs> does it just roll off the tongue, or how does it go? Like how's how's that for you? Or do you not say it? And I, ne I never introduce myself <laughs> as I am Jill Scott oh, MBE. Why I not? Never you do. should one hundred percent do um, just that. And uh, I haven't collected it yet because literally the week before we went into lockdown, I was meant to go to the palace yeah. and collect it, and then it um, it all got cancelled. So maybe it doesn't feel real because I haven't actually got it yet. Yeah. Um. Obviously, I've got the title, but I think you get like a little medal thing. Um. But yeah, I'm not going to be one of them people that goes no, around go introducing. <laughs> Why not? You just do if it. You deserve if I it. can't get a table at Nando's, um, excuse me. Um. <laughs> <laughs> can't get a table at Nando's. That's brilliant. So before I get killed by the fans of one of your other teams, you know, I'll say that I fully noticed your career when you were at Everton. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you might have been playing in midfield. One of my friends, Amy Kane. Oh yeah, Amy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is she one of so your friends? Yeah. Okay. Is, yeah. Where's this link come from? From watching the game, like I knew women's football, so around the time of social media, where it wasn't creepy to just go and like say hello to someone, like oh, okay. that's yeah, that's when it all started. Yeah. Were you trying to so slide into our DMs? <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen, everything on social media is just a hey, how you doing? Just keep it moving. <laughs> but yeah, um, 
so I remember, as I say, from those times, that's when I was first watching you full time. Yeah. I was obviously still an Arsenal fan, but that's when it was more significant. So how um, did you actually find those years, especially considering I think that's the first time you would have actually left the Northeast to go and live somewhere else? Like, how did you find that? Yeah, I, re I really enjoyed my time at Everton. That was probably when I met, like, my group of friends um, that are still my friends now. Like, it was a time when you were playing kind of part-time, so you could still enjoy yourself a little bit, you know what I mean? So you'd yeah. be training Tuesday, Thursday, but we could still have, like, little get-togethers and stuff like that as a team, whereas... That's a little bit more difficult to do now. Um, but yeah, Amy, I remember League Cup final 2008. I know that because I've got the date tattooed on my foot. Um, <laughs> okay, but just she in case actually, you forgot, yeah. yeah, she actually scored the winning goal for us to get our first bit of silverware um, for Everton. And I'll never forget winning that game. It was against Arsenal, the likes of Rachel Yankee, Kelly Smith, odds stacked against us. Um, yeah. And that's probably the best feeling I've ever had. Um, in yeah. winning silverware so I loved my time at Everton and feel very lucky that I've spent so many years there okay so it's time to throw you on the bus a little bit yeah okay so of the three clubs you played for which would you say has been your favorite bearing in mind that you've got supporters from all three listening right now oh I can't say that I actually can't say that of course that. you can I'm gonna of course sit on you the can. fence of course and say you can no 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 we don't deal with those answers come on which has been your favorite oh, when I finish playing you can ask us that but on a serious note I think Sunderland give us the opportunity to play um, for the women's team and then Everton I think uh I think them that age of 18, 19, 20, it's very important that you surround yourself with the right people. And I think I met some incredible people there. And then cities give us the opportunity to be a full-time professional. So without one, the other one wouldn't have worked. So oh, but you know, that's, I'll have to sit on the phone. Yes, prob that's probably one of the most boring answers I think I've ever heard anyone say in all my life. <laughs> but if you listen, if you want to yeah. do it, I can answer for you, okay? I'll answer for you. Okay. <laughs> okay. So okay. your favourite is City. Your second favourite will be Everton because of the silverware. Okay. And Sunderland come in third because it was an opportunity, but you weren't professional. Yeah? Okay. I don't, no, I'm, I'm not agreeing. You're just answering no, the question. You, I, th I think I heard you say okay. <laughs> I think we could probably dub an okay in there as well. What's your favourite club? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Without question, <laughs> like... I was at City from the age of 10 till 25, so that's that sorted. Oh, yeah. Number one, that's, no question, yeah. no questions asked. Yeah. And then uh, I only spent a year at Sunderland, but I loved it. Um, but then I also played six and a half years at QPR, but that was more stressful because we were up and down and whatever. So in terms of just like yeah. overall player stress, I would say we'd have to, disregarding where I'm at right now, uh, in terms of player stress, I'd have to go, City was a the favourite, then I'd go Sunderland because it was a fun year. Yeah, and then um, yeah, QPR in third. But I had a lot of great moments with QPR. Probably had some career highlights. Okay. And then I'm I'm over here now, just trying to survive till December. But yeah, <laughs> but we'll, we'll see how we get on. <laughs> yeah, we'll see we'll see how we get on. Because uh, you know I've got at some point I have to put all my commitment to getting ready for your testimonial in three years. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, you know what I mean. I can't I can't take this job too seriously. <laughs> so, so based on where the sports right sport is right now. What would you say the biggest upside is for being a female professional in this in 2020 or just in general right now? Oh, that's a very good question. I think like... Yes. <laughs> I'm getting, I'm getting, if someone says that to me once a podcast, guaranteed. That book is it good. In. Thank that you. is good. Thank you. I think like the opportunities that are available now, um, this season I've, I've 
signed a contract like a player coach um, mm-hmm. contract. So it means that when I do finish playing, which hopefully isn't anytime soon, but I've got that opportunity. And then I think when you use that word again, then you look at the amount of um, like silverware we're competing for this season, Community Shield, two FA Cups this year because of obviously mm-hmm. lockdown, um, a Champions League, League Cup and we're going to Wembley on Saturday and I think just all them um, chances to make great memories, I think, yeah, that's definitely the upside. I think them big games. Yeah. You know about that deal? I've I've heard, I've heard, oh, sorry, I read on Facebook, so this could be right, could be wrong, who knows, but I read it's the biggest contract in world football. Is that about right? Uh, yeah, I think it was just behind Messi's, I think, but yeah. Just be, just behind. Yeah, just no, behind. I don't, I don't believe that for a second. No one, no one puts Messi ahead of you. I'll tell you that for a fact <laughs> right now. So after you eventually stop, then oh sorry, sorry. Before I go further, I want to say congratulations for that. Thank you. Really you. Are, like to describe you, like you are the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. You, you just, it's it's like a Christmas going. advert. Well, yeah, kinda, kinda. <laughs> but you are the gift that keeps on giving. So after you eventually do stop. Not saying it would be after these two years or whatever, but what what are your actual ambitions? What would you like to do next? Um, well, I think the coaching, definitely. I do my own soccer camps and I really enjoy them days. I really do, I think. Um, to see how many girls now turn up for them. I think when I was younger, it used to be me and about 20, 30 boys, but I held a soccer camp, um, I think it was the end of last year, and I think I had like 75 girls. So okay. I just think it's such a rewarding day. And then, yeah, kind of see where this coaching takes us at City. Hopefully, I'll mm-hmm. I'll be good enough, but I know I've got a lot to learn. Um, and, yeah, just kind of, I still want to be in the game. I think it would be so difficult to, I've only known football since the age of about six, seven, so it does scare us a little bit when, because I still feel this 18, 19-year-old, it's a, it's a bit of a, um, a funny one sometimes. I, I have to kind of admit that I am getting a bit older. <laughs> well, I've got a question for you. This is this is a bit of a loaded question based on just mentalities. But you say you want to be a coach, but who do you want to be? Where do you want to be a coach? For who for? Like, are you talking just the women's game, or are you talking the men's game as well? I actually, I, I wouldn't say no to because it's City. Obviously, there's a there's a lot of things that cross over in terms of the style of play and stuff like that. And because we're all in one building, um, it's nice to kind of see what the boys' academy do as well. So. I wouldn't. I wouldn't definitely like kind of shut off an opportunity of maybe doing some sessions in the boys' academy as well. Um, but as I say, I, I don't know. It would just be where kind of opportunity would arise. So, and I don't know. They've got like a, a Melbourne um, out in Australia. Yeah. So a little trip to there wouldn't wouldn't go amiss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. But I do find it interesting though, from having spent a few years watching women's sport in general and then looking at the NWSL over here, I see a lot of men coaching women, but I don't see a lot of women coaching men. Yeah. But I think to myself sometimes, like, why is that the case? Is it because they're not welcomed or is it because, or there could be many reasons, but are women afraid to take that step and try and get those jobs? Because I'll call it what it is. There are a lot of coaches, male coaches, who shouldn't be anywhere near football in general. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who are yeah. getting opportunities when they like... A, a, a woman could very easily do that job. Yeah. A woman's probably got better ideas. Has probably got better understanding of players. And But then still, as I say, up and down the country and all around the world, you tend to see some, um, some real big imposters. Yeah. So please, whenever you decide to go into coaching, please, please, please 
don't just limit it to women's football because if you can benefit football in general, then to me, you go anywhere that it takes you. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's a great point. I think obviously women listen more in general um, and they're more aware of people's feelings and no, we just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but on a serious note, I think, I think that is it. I think there's a lot of people... Um, sometimes who are a little bit of a safe bet they've been at one club so then yeah. you see these managers just circulating around for years and I'm like surely there's other managers coming through but maybe it, it's going to need a club to take a bit of a gamble a bit of a risk and not always yeah. go for that safe option which is wild to say it's a gamble because the one who is available who is like a safe bet is, isn't in a job anymore because he lost his job somewhere else you know what I mean yeah like, yeah yeah exactly the sport is so wild whereby like as soon as someone loses their job, all the people who are jobless are now like, oh, their stock is rising. This is what we want. But they've all lost their jobs within the last few months or whatever. But I'm ranting. I need to slow down. I need to stop. Right. No, that's true. So you're old enough to remember the film Groundhog Day, yeah? Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't understand, someone just basically relives the same day over and over and over. So in terms of your career, you have to pick a day which you'd love to relive forever and a day which you'd hate to relive forever. Oh, wow. What would you pick? That's um, cracker, yeah, it is actually. The I'd love to relive forever would be the day that we won the league with City. I think it was okay. a great moment for the club. It was a three-year plan. That was what we were working towards. Um, and the night out after wasn't too bad either. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I'd have a lot of bad heads though, if that day kept just going. Yeah, for sure. The um, day that I wouldn't want to live would be when I was at Everton. We played Arsenal on a Thursday and a Sunday, both away. Yeah. And I remember the club had allowed us to stay down so it would have been so much travelling. I think we got beat 5-0 on the Thursday. And I was like, we had the same squad then going into the Sunday. And it's like, how do you change, like stop yeah. this from happening again? And I think it was 6-0 on the Sunday. And I remember sitting on that pitch and... I think I contemplated retirement at the age of 24, but yeah, it's certainly a day that I wouldn't want to relive. Yeah, I get that. So um, just two more questions, please, if that's okay with you, because I yeah, know you're, okay. you're a busy superstar doing everything. So yeah, if I start getting hungry, one, then, I'll get angry. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm concerned. <laughs> I keep looking at the time thinking, is it dinner time for you yet? Um, so of all the players you've played with then, what if you had to pick a five-a-side team, who would be in it? And you're not allowed to be in this team. Oh, no, I wouldn't make a five-a-side team. I'd run into the walls. Um, <laughs> I'd, I'd have to go. I got asked this question recently, actually. I'm not saying that your material isn't new. I'm just no, you, just no, like, that's what you said. But sure, whatever. <laughs> we move on. Go on. Um, I'd have to go Carly Telford in goal just because I've played at Sunderland with her since the age of fourteen, and we're still at England together now. And she is a great footballer, great with her feet, so I'd put her in goal. Uh-huh. Um, my centre midfielder would be Farrah Williams, just because technically so good and such a good five-a-side player. Mm-hmm. Who, who else could I put there? I'd have to have Kelly Smith in there. What a legend. Yeah, have Can't have a team yeah, without right. Kelly. That's royalty. Um, my defenders... You know what, I'd have to go Mary Phillips, who played at England and Fulham and Arsenal, but... She had so much speed. She was such an attacking, um, like right back, sometimes centre half. But I'd, I think I'd put her in my five side team. Um, okay. uh, and then, even oh, I'm trying to think, so who am I missing now? You know what? I'd have to put Millie Bright in there as well, just because. So I'm kind of going 2 1 1. 
But okay. Lily's shots on a five-a-side, oh, my God, honestly. Nobody Fierce, wants yeah. to stand in front of them. So, yeah, that's okay. going to be my team. That's awesome. Right, the last question. If you could pick your last ever game as a player, I'd like you to tell me what would it be, who would it be against, and where would it be? If you could pick, like, this is your final swan song. We're talking epic movie, Titanic movie, play, music playing, all that stuff. Okay. What, what would the game be? Oh, that's a good question. I'd go a World Cup final uh, v France. Oh, I would France. say, yeah, in America what? because of the crowds. Oh. The crowds okay. that you get there. Um, okay. Actually, in in the, in the stadium, was it the 1999 Women's World Cup Final? Was it the Super Bowl Stadium? I always remember that iconic picture of Mia Hamm um, scoring. Oh, the, I think oh, was, the, oh, the Rose, Rose Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was 90,000 uh, people there. So there'd be 90,000 people there, us v France, and would win. That's it. <laughs> okay. And why did you pick France? Does this mean that you hate the French? What's going no, on? No, just we've had so much rivalry over the years. Um, I think we've only beat them once in 44 years. So it would right. be nice to okay. get a tasty World Cup final. Well, listen, I hope you get your wish <laughs> because you're a living legend and you deserve it. So thank, thank you, you very much for coming on the show. No, and, thanks uh, very yeah. much. And you go and get some food because I don't want to. I don't want to make you any angrier. No, that's fine. That's fine. But all the best with everything as well. Thank you very much, and same to you. I hope you get through the December. Yeah, I will. I will, and then I'll see you in January. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Thank you very much. Good speech to you. Jim. No worries. Thank you. That's Jill Scott, MBE, ladies and gents. Hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as I did. And now to close, I'd like to give thanks. Firstly, to Emma Norris for helping organise. Thank you to the main man, the producer, the man himself, Ryan Hale. Thank you to Skylar Warwick. She's okay too. Thank you to Mountaineer Studios, Draper, Utah. And last but not least, thank you to all the listeners. You are the best. Stay safe and stay tuned. Uh, yep, nothing to see here. Everything's okay. Okay, back to your normally scheduled programming. <clears throat>